Welcome, welcome. Welcome back to Doctors in the House. My name is Dr. Daryl Hill, and as always, it's a pleasure to be here with you, Doctors in the House. We're in the year 2020, and there's been a lot of excitement going on with Doctors in the House. I'm very happy with the information we're bringing to you to improve your health. And in line with that, today we are going to be focusing on our kidneys. We get two kidneys when we're born, and as you might know, they're responsible for helping to keep our body clean, helping to rid ourselves of our metabolic waste, and helping to give us energy. And as some of you might know, as we get older, those kidneys, naturally, the function kind of declines. And as we get older, too, we got to do everything we can to help keep our kidneys healthy. You know, I don't know about you, but I know people who aren't as fortunate. Kidneys do go bad over time, unfortunately, in certain communities more than others. So today we're going to be talking about chronic kidney disease, and um, this month is also focused on making kidney disease more apparent and aware to the average person because it's easy to forget sometimes just how important our kidneys are. So for those who don't know, we have 30 million people in this country with chronic kidney disease. And that equals out to really one in seven people. So if you know seven people, chances are somebody has it. Unfortunately, like a lot of issues, you don't always have symptoms and you don't always know. So, and, and in, in this particular case, upwards of 97% of people really don't know. In my office, and I'm sure with doctors' offices across this world and across this country, many people are walking around and don't have a clue about this because early on, guess what? You don't really feel anything. You feel just as normal as you could ever be, but as things become more severe, you actually will begin to become more symptomatic. So it's really important to be getting checked out, getting tested, and doing all you can to help protect your kidney function. So diabetes, high blood pressure, those are the usual suspects. Those guys are the two biggest things that put a threat on our kidneys. So I want to remind everybody, if you do have diabetes, if you do have high blood pressure, it's even more important to pay attention. I talk about this quite a bit with my patients, and we do a lot of different things to help protect our kidneys. Because again, as you're getting older, that kidney function is going down. So. It turns out about one in five people with high blood pressure, they will have problems with their kidneys. And um, as you know, a lot of people have high blood pressure. Um, I'm glad we've been focusing on a lot of different strategies to protect kidneys, to control blood pressure, to improve diabetes, and to increase our health IQ so we can all stay healthy. Um, on a personal note, you know, my mom's had high blood pressure for a long time and it was really bad too and um, she eventually got got kidney failure as well and was on dialysis so I got to see this up front and personal uh, in addition to patients who've gone through it and in some cases when we talk about patients patients as young as 
early 40s, and you can imagine that was not fun. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do because with the kidneys, you need to have them functioning for you to be the best you can be. So today, as always, we're going to be looking at a lot of different videos. These videos are going to talk about the usual causes because in addition to diabetes and blood pressure, um, if you're not drinking enough water, if you're taking the wrong medications, if you have some genetic or family issues, that too can lead to kidney problems. So uh, we're going to be looking at a lot of different things. And the main thing to remember, uh, a lot of things can cause early and sudden injury to the kidneys just like that. But when we talk about what we're talking about now, we're talking more about um, kidney function that's been going on for at least three months. And in most cases, we're talking about for years, if not decades, too. So let me just remind you that um, early on with kidney failure, you may not have any symptoms at all. But as time goes on, fatigue, nausea, problems with your potassium and your phosphorus. Uh, you can get itching. You can lose your appetite. So a lot of different things are happening. And, and usually, blood tests will help confirm this. You see a rise in your creatinine, and you see a um, decrease in your overall kidney function. And ultimately, things like dialysis and even kidney transplant are treatment options. And I've known people who, who've done all of those above issues with dialysis and transplant. So with that being said, I'm going to get into the video. And we're going to have a few videos to watch today, focusing on a variety of different things. So at this point, we're going to switch over to the video. You about the causes and stages of chronic kidney disease. This video is a part of the Johns Hopkins Nephrology Patient Education Program. And we'd like to thank our sponsors, the Ed Krause Endowment and the Shaw Foundation. So chronic kidney disease is a silent problem in the United States. There are 30 million people in the United States alone that have kidney disease. That's about one in seven people. And the crazy fact about this is 97% of them have absolutely no idea they have kidney disease. That's because most of the time kidney disease is silent. There's no symptoms until you've basically lost 90% of your kidney function and you're getting close to needing dialysis. Now, a lot of people are at risk for kidney disease. One in three patients with diabetes is at risk. One in five with high blood pressure is at risk. Also, those that are over the age of 60 that are obese, have cardiovascular disease, or certain ethnic groups are at risk for kidney disease. So how do we screen or diagnose for kidney disease? Well, there are two tests that I use. So one is a urine test. It's a urine analysis or urine dipstick. And really what I'm looking for is blood or protein in the urine. You should not have blood or protein in your urine. They're actually really big molecules. So the example I like to use is like pasta falling through a strainer. Shouldn't happen. Or for the kidney, it's, it tells me that there's damage to the kidney's filter that's allowing protein or blood to fall in the urine, which should not happen. And sometimes people will have this as their first sign of kidney disease before they have any chemistry changes. The next test I use is a blood creatinine test. So creatinine comes from muscle. It's just a normal waste product, but you only get rid of it through your kidneys. So when it goes up in the blood, I know the kidneys aren't working perfectly, but it's not a perfect test. If I have a 90 year old woman that maybe weighs like 90 pounds and I have a big bodybuilder, 20 year old, who weighs like 300 pounds of solid muscle, they have different muscle amounts. And so they're generating creatinine at a different rate. 
but maybe they both have a creatinine in their blood test of one, which is normal. But what it tells me is that bodybuilder is working overtime to get rid of creatinine. His kidneys are perfect. Whereas that 90 year old woman, her kidneys might not be working as perfect as they used to. Cause really she has no muscle mass and her creatinine probably should be like 0.5. But instead of me guessing this, we have something called a glomerular filtration rate. And it's really a calculation where we take into account your age, your race, your gender, and your creatinine level. And so what happens is if your creatinine goes up in the blood, I think your kidneys aren't working great. Well, the glomerular filtration rate works the opposite way. It decreases when your kidneys aren't working great. So they move in opposite directions. So what really is this glomerular filtration rate? Well, it's literally a measure of how many milliliters per minute of blood your kidney's filtering. But for me, it tells me how much function of your kidney that you have. So normal is about 90 to 100. And it decreases as the kidney ages over time and as the kidney disease gets worse. And I use this glomerular filtration rate to stage kidney disease. So what are the stages of kidney disease? So there are five. And the first stage is when that glomerular filtration rate is more than 90. But maybe I know that there's damage to the kidney. Maybe I have a kidney biopsy. Maybe I have blood or protein in the urine. Then stage two is from 60 to 90. Stage three is from 30 to 60. Stage four is from 15 to 30. And stage five is less than 15. Usually as a kidney doctor, I don't start seeing patients till around stage three, four, or five. And most of the time, if somebody's in stage four, that's when I start the discussion with them about, well, in the future, if your kidneys got worse, are you thinking about dialysis or transplant? And I talk to them about the options. We don't start at them, but we start talking about it. And then in stage five, you know, really, it's not until that glomerular filtration rate is about five to 10 before people start to develop symptoms of kidney disease. And that's when they usually need to start dialysis. So I use the stages of kidney disease a lot as a kidney doctor. One, it tells me how well your kidney disease is, if it's progressing or not. And two, it tells me how often I need to get labs and how often I need to see you in clinic. Because somebody in stage two compared to stage four, I'm not gonna see someone in stage two that often, maybe once or twice a year, where somebody in stage four, I might see every three months or every two months. It depends on how their kidney function is trending. There are a lot of different causes for chronic kidney disease, but the number one in the United States and in any developed country is diabetes. Diabetes can affect any organ in the body, and it's known to affect the kidneys if it's not controlled. High blood pressure is the number two cause for chronic kidney disease in the US. And then after that, it's kind of a mixture of things. So there's a category called glomerular nephritides or glomerular nephritis. And really this is a group of diseases where your body's attacking your kidneys. You're making some sort of antibody, maybe due to things like lupus or something else, or you have a disease specific to your kidney like IgA nephropathy or membranous nephropathy. Some other causes, there's inherited diseases. So a good example of this would be like polycystic kidney disease, where your entire kidney gets replaced by cyst. Then we have some other diseases, so like urinary tract obstructions. So the most common is for men having prostate problems. Well, like I explained in one of our other videos is from going from your bladder out of the body is your urethra, and for men that goes through your prostate. So if your prostate enlarges, it basically pinches off that tube and you can't get rid of urine. Well, that backs up to the kidneys and causes damage. For women, this could be uterine fibroids that can cause obstruction or blockage. Also, repeated kidney infections 
can cause damage to the kidney. So if I have an actual infection of my kidney, that can cause, cause scarring over time. And then sometimes we have medications. So every medication has side effects. And sometimes medications are necessary, but sometimes those medications can cause damage to our kidneys. If you're interested in learning more about chronic kidney disease causes and stages, one. then check I'm out our resources. Also, if you want to know about normal second, kidney function, then, the complications um, of kidney disease, video. or treatment of kidney failure, check out our other videos. Yeah. Hello. Welcome to the University of California San Diego Chronic Kidney Disease Program. My name is Chris. So one thing's for sure, one thing's for sure is no one wants kidney problems. And just like the fear of diabetes, I find the fear of kidney failure gets people real nervous because there's nothing like that image of um, having to be on dialysis. It really scares people. So the name of the game is what? The name of the game is prevention. So we're here to learn and to prevent any problems with our kidneys. So we, we, heard, we heard about diabetes and, and what it can do to the body and especially the kidneys, not to mention the blood pressure. So, so going forward, a huge issue would be to, to protect those kidneys and to do the right thing with um, managing our chronic medical issues and on a daily basis just doing a really good job with our diet. Um, so you, we heard that a nephrologist is the kidney doctor. They're the ones who manage dialysis. They're the ones who really help pay special attention to our kidneys when we need the help because the truth is so many different things can affect your kidneys. Um, you heard about glomerulonephritic diseases where different antibodies and parts of our body are attacking our own body. Um, she talked about structural problems such as polycystic kidney disease. These, these things are real. Uh, there's also situations, and I saw this once, where you can be born with one kidney and the person I'm thinking of, he didn't realize he had one kidney until much later in life. So a lot of things can go wrong, but again, important to be on top of things, important to be getting your blood work, your urine work, and more importantly, just to make sure there's a good relationship with a doctor to stay on top of things. Um, in addition to the testing we talked about, other testing include things like an ultrasound, which is a pretty simple way to rub a probe over your back, very non-invasive, and to get images of your kidney. And with that, you can actually see um, structural problems. And of course, things like a CAT scan can give a lot of information too. We can't forget that cancers of the kidney can happen as well. We, we, we gotta be apparent that you know, so many different things can go wrong, and it's up to us to be paying attention to these things. Uh, I do want to mention about a patient, John Doe, we'll call him. And, and John Doe was somebody who had blood pressure and diabetes problems for a long time. And even though he was under great control with, with blood pressure and diabetes, he still, because Diabetes, even when controlled, can really hurt the body, the kidneys, based on the duration of time. So after 30 years, 30 years of um, having diabetes, 
he had um, clear evidence of kidney failure and eventually had to go on dialysis. And as he got closer to needing dialysis, he became more tired, more sluggish. And we saw that his potassium started increasing because as your, your kidneys fail, they can't do their usual job, like get rid of your kidney, um, get rid of your potassium, and manage your phosphorus levels too. And that's why you find that when um, patients are dealing with dialysis, there are other medicines they have to take to help um, manage their electrolytes. In addition, they're taking different medicines too to, to protect their bones because while this is happening, your bones are being attacked for a variety of different reasons to help manage some of the um, physiologic changes taking place with, with your um, kidney failure as well. Um, so what I'd like to do at this point is just to take a pause. We're going to go to a quick break and get into our next video. You're listening to Doctors in the House. associated with chronic kidney disease worsen as you progress from the least severe stage, stage 1, to most severe stage, stage 5. Patients who have chronic kidney disease stage 1 usually have no symptoms. The only exception is patients who are spilling a massive amount of protein in the urine because they can subsequently develop swelling in the legs or other parts of the body. Now, chronic kidney disease stage two is usually associated with no symptoms either, just like stage one, you don't know. The vast majority of patients with CKD stage one and two are not aware of having kidney disease unless they undergo specific blood and urine testing. So most of the time it's incidental finding. You are not even looking for it. Now, chronic kidney disease stage three this is the most common stage of kidney disease. This is middle road. Your GFR is between 30 and 59. Since this stage is associated with moderate reduction in level of kidney function, a proportion of patients might develop some symptoms. 
and what kind of symptoms. Some of those symptoms like fatigue or more frequent urination at night are non-specific and overlooked by patients or attributed to some other things going on in their lives. Think about this. There's a very long list of causes for fatigue and kidney disease is certainly not number one. Some patients who are in chronic kidney disease stage three can experience swelling in the legs. Now we're moving on to stage four. Stage four is associated with further reduction in the level of kidney function. It's considered severe. GFR is between 15 and 29. Thus, as you can expect, there will be more patients having symptoms in this stage. Symptoms can be similar to those with stage three, but they're just more obvious. There might be some additional symptoms like decreasing appetite or some patients will experience shortness of breath. Now we are moving to stage five chronic kidney disease, and this is the most severe stage. If you recall in stage five, GFR is less than 15. As with other stages, various patients will experience different amounts of symptoms. There are certainly many people in this stage who continue to work full time and live a pretty much normal life. You look at them and you would never guess that they have chronic kidney disease stage five. They ask me, doc, are you sure? I feel just fine, I cannot tell. In general, however, in this stage, there are more symptoms than in any other previous stages. On top of previously mentioned symptoms like fatigue, swelling in the legs, patients might suffer from some other symptoms like skin itching, metallic or bitter taste in their mouth. Sometimes I ask patients, do you feel like you swallowed a coin? Not that I know what it tastes like, but it's just that your taste is off. Sometimes patients experience nausea or even vomiting, and this nausea and the vomiting, vomiting might be most, more pronounced in the morning. When you're in stage five, you can expect further worsening in energy level and some sleep disturbances. Some patients will require more sleep at night. For example, instead of your previous six, seven hours, which was enough to feel refreshed, now you will need nine hours to feel rested or mm, semi-rested. Or maybe you're going to have a reverse sleeping pattern. That means that you will stay up at night, you're just not sleepy, you cannot sleep, and then you will want to sleep all day long. Or some patients, they sleep at night just fine, but they also require a nap during the day. They will tell me, Doc, I go to work, I can get through work, but then when I come home, I really need this nap. And they didn't need it a year ago. Many patients, when they are in stage five chronic kidney disease, they are in denial. All those changes are very slow. It's not like one day you have 100% of kidney function and the next day you wake up and your level of kidney function is down to 10%. So you really have to pay attention to your body, how you feel. We tend to adapt. If I have less energy, all right, I'm not going to run. I'm going to do less. I might sleep more. Oh, I don't have an appetite, so I will eat less. But sometimes people don't notice. So when you come to see us in clinic, especially when you're in chronic kidney disease stage five, we'll ask you very pointed questions. How much do you sleep? How many hours? Well, how many hours did you sleep a year ago? How much do you eat? Well, is it up or is it down? All those questions are helpful. 
Some patients in chronic kidney disease stage 5 suffer from muscle cramps even when measured electrolytes in the blood are normal. Sodium is normal, potassium, magnesium, so please do not self-medicate yourself. Don't just start taking magnesium supplements when you get cramps because you might overdo it. You might notice worse concentration, or actually you might not notice, but somebody else around you will notice that you are not as sharp as you used to be. Some patients might feel more cold than usual than previously. Your urine volume might drop, you'll be peeing less than you did previously, and maybe swelling in your legs will get worse. Sometimes when you are in stage 5 chronic kidney disease, blood pressure control becomes more difficult. We have to add another agent and blood pressure keeps creeping up. Patients who have diabetes might have more episodes with low instead of high sugar. That's one of the findings of advanced kidney disease. To summarize, please remember that chronic kidney disease is a silent disease and some patients will have just non-specific symptoms only which are often ignored or overlooked till kidney disease is quite advanced. Let us go through a couple of questions to check your understanding of this module. Question number one, which stage of chronic kidney disease is associated with most symptoms? The correct answer is chronic kidney disease stage five is associated with most symptoms. This is the most advanced stage of kidney disease. If symptoms are severe enough and or some of your labs are dangerously abnormal, you might need to start either dialysis or undergo kidney transplantation in stage five. Let's do one more question. Which symptom would you not expect to occur in chronic kidney disease? Is it A, fatigue? or B, leg swelling, or C, increase in appetite, or D, muscle cramps? Let's think about this and which symptoms would you not? It's a tricky question. And the correct answer is C, increase in appetite. If anything, there is decrease in appetite in advanced kidney disease. Some people lose weight. All other symptoms often occur in patients with chronic kidney disease. So you will experience fatigue, leg swelling, and muscle cramps. All right, congratulations to you guys. You have completed the module on symptoms of kidney disease. Please check our website for additional educational modules on kidney health. Thank you. In this film, we're going to explain... Very good, very good, body. very good. So nothing like a quiz or test to remind you how smart you are about dialysis and kidney failure. Just joking. Uh, this is a very serious topic and I'm hoping that we learned something from that video. And what that video was reminding us of is just how common kidney failure is and more importantly, how a lot of times there are really no symptoms until later. So without being tested, there's really no way to even know that you have a problem. So again, want to remind people, very, very important to be getting checked out with um, seeing your doctor, getting the right blood test, things of that nature. Um, just kind of queuing up another video for us because, you know, these videos are very, very helpful. A lot of times you talk to people and people wonder uh, about, do I drink enough water to help my kidneys stay healthy? 
Uh, and some people get pain in their back and they get concerned about the kidneys. And most of the times when we talk about kidney issues, as we've mentioned, there are really no symptoms or, or anything, no real pain, nothing like that. Um, so what I'd like to do now, we're going to be getting into a little bit more of a situation where a patient gets to describe some of their symptoms of uh, kidney failure, not to mention being on dialysis. You can only imagine what it's like to sit in that dialysis chair hooked up to a machine three times a week for upwards of four to five hours with your blood being pulled out of your body, run through a machine, and then put back in your body. Uh, from what I'm told, it can be very exhausting, and not to mention the, um, the time you, you have to allocate to sitting down. Um, and just as a side note, you can have something called hemodialysis. Those are the people who pretty much sit in a chair hooked up to a machine. But there's also something called peritoneal dialysis, and it tends to be that a younger person will do this in their own home because it gives them more um, control over dialysis, and they can do it in the comforts of their own home. Of course, with all of these issues, you got to wonder about the possibility of infection and things of that nature. So at this point, we're going to go ahead and get ready to show the next video, and um, we'll talk a little bit more later. We all have bad habits, whether it's biting our fingernails, procrastinating, watching too much TV, there's a million of them. But there are 12 of them that can cause damage to your kidneys. And let's get right to those. First, not drinking enough water. Your kidneys remove toxins and waste from your blood. They need water, that's the fuel that they use to pull those things out of the blood and flush them down to your bladder as urine where you can then pee it all away and flush it goodbye. Not drinking enough water removes that fuel that your kidneys need so they can do their job. Also, being dehydrated can increase the rate at which your kidneys fail and they, you know, this is not working. Don't get dehydrated. So how much water should you be drinking? You should know this, one half your body weight in ounces every single day. Next, when nature calls and you gotta go, not going is a problem. You need to empty your bladder, get that all out of there. Holding it, first of all, there's, there could be some bacteria in there, not always, but there could be, and you're just exposing your body to it longer, you don't need that and holding it puts stress on your kidneys. So when nature calls, you gotta go. This one I've mentioned so many times and your doctor has mentioned it. Too much salt in your diet. You should not have a salt shaker at your table. No, there is more than enough salt for what your body needs in all the food that you eat. Practically everything has salt. Even an egg, an egg has salt in it. You know, quite a bit actually. Reduce the amount of salt. That means not adding it, reading labels, looking for what the sodium content is. They pack a lot of salt in food and watching out for processed meat. 
Most people should only eat 1,500 to 2,000 milligrams of salt every day. And if you're not adding salt, you'll probably hit that number pretty easy. Next, we have not getting enough sleep. And I know, for those who already have kidney disease, this is a tough one. It's very common for you to go to bed, wake up an hour, two hours later, and be wide awake for many, many hours, and then fall asleep again. It's almost like you're taking cat naps at night, but your body needs the rest. When you're sleeping and resting, your body's repairing itself. It's repairing the organs and the cells. Just the sunlight, the ultraviolet's doing damage. Your body needs that time to do all of its stuff, take care of itself. It's busy working. As a matter of fact, did you know that when you're sleeping, your body uses more protein than any time during the day? It's because it's build, building muscles, repairing those, and, and working on your bones and all that stuff. So give your body time. Make sure and get as much sleep as you, as you can. You should be shooting you know, for the average probably around eight hours a day if possible. I know with kidney disease, it's eight hours would be a miracle. I'd be amazing. Hi, I'm Rex Moore with The Motley Fool in front of BMW's self-driving exhibit at CES. All right, this one's a big no-no. You've heard this one before. Hopefully, don't use painkillers. Don't overuse them, especially the NSAIDs ones, non-steroid um, anti-inflammatory drugs. Those are really bad. They can cause kidney damage with a large dose or even small doses used over a long period of time. You know, even Tylenol, which is one of the safer ones for those who already have kidney disease, can cause problems. Now, it usually damages your liver, but you got to be careful with pain relievers. If you have a headache, there's these cold compress things you can put on your forehead. They stick on there. They usually work great. They work fantastic for me. Maybe you can take a shower. Maybe you can go for a walk. Maybe you can do some stretching. Try to find, if possible, alternatives for all these minor aches and pains that you may want to pop a pill, but maybe you can get by without a pill. You don't want those adding up over time. That's how my kidney disease, my kidney damage, my chronic kidney disease, you know, came to me. It was from overuse of Advil. Now, I was not popping pills like crazy. I was taking less than the daily dosage. Problem was, because of my back, I was taking it for almost a year, and it just destroyed my kidneys. All right, so when it comes to pain pills, try to skip them as much as possible. Only use them when absolutely needed, and only use the amount you absolutely need. All right, now this one's a bit of a tricky one. Excessive caffeine intake. You're consuming too much caffeine. For those that are consuming too much caffeine or tons of it, you're increasing your blood pressure, you're, you're restricting your, the size of your blood vessels, that can lead to kidney damage. Now, you don't need to stop all caffeine because believe it or not, there is research out there that shows having a few cups of coffee a day are good for your kidneys. 
They can help people who have kidney disease. Just be careful. Don't get crazy. Don't be eating tons of chocolate. Don't be taking lots of energy drinks. And don't be down in six, you know, lattes every single day. Excessive caffeine is bad for you. But a few cups of coffee are actually good for you. Just be careful what you add to it. That creamer, all those other things, they can be loaded with phosphorus, potassium, uh, calcium. There's protein in there. All sorts of hidden things in those additives. So, no excessive caffeine, but that does not mean no caffeine. If you enjoy coffee, have a few cups every day. It's good for you. All right, this one's a pretty easy one. Alcohol. Don't excessively use alcohol. As a matter of fact, alcohol use, if it's excessive, over doubles your chances of having severe kidney damage. So, avoid alcohol. I don't drink any. So here we go. I think you guys get the drift. Um, definitely some more information I want to get through. But obviously there are some things we don't want to do when it comes to trying to protect our kidneys. The, the NSAIDs are a big one. You know, we have access to a lot of pain medications over the counter. And we got to be real careful with the, with the Motrin's and the Advil. There are a few more things I wanted to get into. So I'm going to switch over to um, one more thing here. Hold, hold on one second. You can't live your life to the fullest if you spend it worrying about money. That's why every man or woman. So this video here is going to get into a little bit more about um, kidneys and what you should be eating. So we're going to switch over to the video Today. now. And I am trying to do something that I have not done before, and that is sharing my screen. Okay, so I'm going to try to share my screen and share and you know keep myself on the camera so bear with me for a minute because I want to close out my camera a little bit more I want to close out the there we go okay here we go okay so I think I'm good here let me just move myself a little bit to the side and here we go okay so hi veronica veronica is giving me a thumbs up so if you are here you're watching me if you want to say hi um sharon pass is giving me a thumbs up so thank you so much for watching and let's go ahead and start with the this is going to be a short short class real fast okay so i am going to go ahead and share give me one minute okay so now this is what we're going to do Okay, so I'm going to be talking about how to know if you have kidney disease and how to slow down the process, which is super important. So with your the renal anatomy, what most people have, the normal renal anatomy, is that we have two kidneys. And they are about the size of a fist, and they weigh about five ounces, each of them. So if you do a fist like this, okay, so everyone do, do a fist like this and look at it that's the size of your kidney 
Okay, that's the size of your kidney. If you do two-fifths, these are the sizes of your kidneys. And they're located in the back of the body, like around this area. So they're like around this area over here. So I hope everyone can see around here, okay? So they are protected by pads of fat and the rib cage, and they have millions and millions of nephrons. And nephrons are going to be the cells inside of the kidneys. There are two different types of kidney disease. One is called acute kidney failure, which is AKF. We recognize it as that. And the other one is chronic kidney disease, which is CKD. Okay, so acute kidney failure could be due to an accident, trauma, or a person that had a drug overdose, uh, medicine, stuff like that. In acute kidney failure, it could be reversible, so the person could have kidney function again. Now, in chronic kidney disease, is a slow loss of nephrons of the kidney cells, okay? So it's gradually, the kidney function will go down and down and down, and unfortunately, that one is non-reversible. Okay, so once we lose nephrons, those are, that's it. Those are lost. We cannot regenerate new cells in our kidneys, okay? The initial screening for CKD. So how can you know, you know, if you have kidney disease or not? You can ask your doctor. You can ask the, your doctor for a simple screening. It's very simple. The screening is a urine test, a simple urine test, and a blood pressure check. Those two things can give you like an idea if you have some type of kidney failure or if you are at risk for kidney failure, okay? So when you go to your doctor, just ask for a urine test and a blood pressure check and that's gonna be the initial screening. If something comes out out of range, then the doctor is going to perform more testing more testing. Another very common test that the doctors perform is the creatinine. Let's see how the creatinine is, okay? So let's talk about the stages of CKD or chronic kidney disease. So when a person is already diagnosed with chronic kidney So we are back to me, Dr. Daryl Hill. Some of the stuff you were about to hear, we've already heard. So I'm gonna take the liberty of switching us to some other information that might be a bit more valuable um, but I, I like how in that particular video she once again emphasized just how important blood pressure is and when she talked about the urine test that urine test looks for protein in your urine because as mentioned earlier you really shouldn't have certain proteins in your urine um, unless you're having some problems with the um, with the um, kidneys doing their, their usual job. So, you know, I got a few quick, really important videos, and we're gonna warn through them real quick because the information is very important. She's gonna talk a little bit about dialysis. It's gonna talk about how diabetes can hurt the kidneys, and it's gonna remind us how certain medications can help to prevent kidney failure. So, I'm gonna go ahead and click on this first video, and I think we're gonna be ready to go. Just bear with me here. I think we're good. Some people lose their kidney function. It's either due to chronic illnesses. The most common form of chronic kidney disease in America is diabetic kidney disease. In addition to that, people lose their kidney function acutely, suddenly. 
due to a catastrophic illness or some intermittent uh, reversible illness. When that, when that happens, people need acute dialysis as a life-saving treatment to allow them to have a reversal of their acute medical problems and survive. The dialysis is typically done either in the intensive care unit or here in the inpatient dialysis clinic at Piedmont Hospital. Often dialysis is a bridge to transplantation and uh, people on dialysis are often on the kidney transplant waiting list and hopefully at one point in the future we'll get a kidney transplant either from a family member or a loved one or alternatively through uh, the deceased donor kidney uh, waiting list. Dialysis is done uh, typically in two different ways. Uh, the most common way it's done is a treatment called hemodialysis. Hemo refers to blood, so in this treatment blood is removed from the body, treated through a dialysis kidney filter and then returned back to the body. People on this treatment uh, can have a normal daily lifestyle. They are able to participate in their normal daily family activities. A lot of people on this treatment can go to work on a regular basis and are able to have a good quality of life. The second form of dialysis is called peritoneal dialysis. So peritoneal dialysis that allows people to do the dialysis treatments in their own home. The treatment involves using your own body, using the peritoneal cavity to do the dialysis. Fluid in the peritoneal membrane yeah, can be exchanged to remove kidney poisons and extra fluid and therefore allows the individual more, to replace their kidney thing, function yeah. and restores them to good health and normal daily activities. In the next 60 seconds, yeah. I'm going to show you how to naturally regulate your blood sugar and naturally Diabetes is a condition where the sugar level in the blood is raised. Now, we all have sugar in our blood and this is very tightly controlled by insulin and there are other ways in which the sugar levels are kept under tight control. Now, diabetes happens when the control mechanisms are defective and the high sugar is quite poisonous to the internal organs particularly the blood vessels in our body and in the initial period the complications start to build up but it is not felt by the patient for a, for a long time it may be anything up to 10 years before complications from damage to the small blood vessels especially the capillaries uh, start to show up. So we could call this a silent killer uh, for that reason. The smallest of blood vessels dam are damaged particularly in the back layer of the eyes and in the kidneys and also those blood vessels supplying the nerves. So we have a problem with vision, kidney damage and nerve damage which will show itself up in the form of a leak of protein and gradual accumulation of toxic uh, products uh, because of the kidney failure. And then at that point, you'll start to feel ill. And most of the time, when you see the doctor, it is fairly late in the day. And 
the time where you could actually prevent the development of these complications was when you were feeling well but living with high blood sugars. So the important message is uh, to screen. People are screened to detect high blood sugars and then manage to keep the blood sugars under strict control if you are to avoid running into serious problems 10, 15, 20 years later. Uh, you must also remember that high blood sugars are associated with high blood pressure, high cholesterol and excess weight, lack of exercise. This entire package and also you must not forget cigarette smoking. All these things contribute to heart attacks and strokes uh, at a young age. And uh, sugar control for that reason is extremely important. Along with stopping cigarette smoking, controlling blood sugars and cholesterol, keeping your weight. So we are good. back with Dr. Hill, and um, just want to touch on one or two more things as we wrap up the show. So I had to go ahead and abbreviate that particular video, and I want to get into a, another video real quick before we go. And if we can go ahead and get that ready to go, let's go ahead and switch over. kidney disease? Well, most people with diabetes or high blood pressure, which are the major causes of chronic kidney disease, are on a number of medications. Uh, they're on medications to control blood sugar if they have uh, diabetes. Uh, they're on medications frequently for uh, blood cholesterol, and they may be on other medications. Controlling high blood pressure is very important, and most people with chronic kidney disease require several medications. Uh, among the medicines that we use okay. to control blood pressure we'll see, we'll are two kinds of medicines that have a specific benefit to the here. kidney. They not only lower blood pressure, but they are actually known to protect the kidney from damage. Those medications are either ACE inhibitors or angiotensin receptor blockers, also known as ARBs. Many people with chronic kidney disease benefit from being on these medications among all the other medications that they might be on. What about a water pill? Well, many people with chronic kidney disease and high blood pressure are on what's known as a water pill. Mm -hmm. The medical name is a diuretic. And it's actually not a water pill. It's a pill to help your kidney get rid of salt. And as it gets rid of salt, the water follows. Uh, people can avoid having to take a, a water pill or a diuretic or may be able to reduce their dose if they're careful about the amount of salt that they eat. I've really gotten well over you know, 260 pounds. I'm going to skip it in a second. There you go. I think. Hi, this is Dr. Pallavi Patri. I'm one of the nephrologists working at Columbia Asia Whitefield Hospital. So uh, blood pressure and kidney disease uh, go are very closely related to each other. In certain cases, very high blood pressure in certain types of uh, hypertensive conditions can actually damage the kidneys and cause 
chronic kidney disease and the flip is also true where chronic kidney disease in a patient that did not have a blood pressure problem to begin with can cause high blood pressure. So the kidneys are very important in regulating salt and water levels in the body and uh, when the kidneys don't work so well in, for, in the setting of chronic kidney disease, salt and water are not excreted well from the body. So salt and water accumulate and when this happens, the blood pressure can rise and the patient develops high blood pressure. Um, so in, the, in patients who have chronic kidney disease and who have developed high blood pressure thereafter, it is important to follow certain dietary restrictions. A low salt diet is very important uh, and in more severe stages of chronic kidney disease and in what we call end stage uh, kidney disease where patients are on uh, dialysis, uh, they may have water restrictions as well. The amount of fluid that they can take in a day may be restricted. And also in correlation with that, so a lot of uh, patients who have chronic kidney disease and have high blood pressure, the medications may, for blood pressure may be a little more specific to, um, to their kidney disease. They may be required to take diuretic medications again to excrete more salt and water. So blood pressure is may be managed a little bit differently in the patient who has chronic kidney disease. Disease. They may also be on certain medications that control uh, blood pressure that are, um, uh, that are protected to the kidneys in the long run. That might do it. Yeah, so I'll just talk and close this out. So you are back, doctors in the house. My name is Dr. Daryl Hill. I'm with Laurel Medical Associates. We can be reached at 301 497 0401 or also on the web laurelmedicine.com where we keep a, a host of what I consider important videos for you and and for anyone who's trying to learn more about health issues that matter for their health uh, we got some really good ones including this one now on kidney disease so we, we talked a lot today about kidney issues and towards the end, we started talking quite a bit about the amount of salt in our diets. We've got to get on top of our salt issue, and we've got to really control the blood pressure, control the diabetes, and, and do the right thing. More than anything, we've got to make sure we're getting tested for these things and that we're every day eating right, getting our exercise, and um, just spreading the word to everyone to, to take care of our health. So we're going to continue to bring videos and content that matters, that helps keep you healthy. Uh, I can't believe it. We are already into March. It's been three months so far into the year 2020. And our goal is to continue to get the word out so that we all can be healthy. So that pretty much will wrap up our show today. Again, my name is Dr. Daryl Hill with um, Doctors in the House. We are in Laurel, Maryland, 301-497-0401, and we are always on, on the web, laurelmedicine.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. <laughs>